Thank you, Jackie. So good to be here. You'll be back here. Um, the greeting in my people's language is Shabbat Shalom. Blissful Sabbath, happy Saturday, spring has sprung. It is such an honor and a pleasure to be back here tapping and leaning into revolutionary love. So I wanna invite you into a conversation about reclaiming one of the oldest tools in our human toolboxes for consciousness, bless you, for blessings, for healing, for healing ourselves, for healing our country, for healing the world, for healing the planet, for being. And so as I, uh, as I stand here on this beautiful Saturday day, this Shabbat, I will do something that I usually do on Friday afternoon as the sun sets, which is I take my loyal sidekick, has a name, never mind, and I turn him off. It's called unplugging, and it's a sacred act. So, <laughs> I invite you to either do the same, if not now, then maybe this time next week. And I wanna talk about what is it that we can do when in many ways we unplug, when we tap from doing into being. And though I come from the Jewish tradition and I'm honored to be here and be with my sister Jackie and other faith leaders in this community. Um, what I'm talking about is a human, universal message that we have learned from our ancestors, from our elders, from our teachers of all traditions. This is just one recipe among the many of our human feast. So I wanna start now that we've unplugged with inviting us all to take a few seconds to really ground. If you feel comfortable closing your eyes, feeling your feet on the ground, noticing your breath that's doing its holy work even when we don't pay attention. The Hebrew word Shabbat, translated as Sabbath, means sit. So, check. <laughs> it also means stop, as in stop. As in sabotage to the corporate system that doesn't like us to stop. But we are being reminded to stop. Stop the machine, because we're not machines. And that's what Sabbath means. So here's a quote that comes from a beautiful book called Earth Prayers, created by the United Nations Environmental Sabbath Program. Who knew? <laughs> that says the following. We who have lost our sense and our senses, our touch, our smell, our vision of who we are. We who frantically force and press all things, 
without rest for body or spirit, hurting our earth and injuring ourselves, we call a halt. We want to rest. We need to rest. We need to allow the earth to rest. We need to reflect and to rediscover the mystery that lives in us. That is the ground of every unique expression of life, the source of the fascination that calls all things to communion. We declare a Sabbath. We declare a space of quiet for simple being, for letting be, for recovering the great forgotten truths, for learning how to live again. So with these words from these poems of the sacred earth, I wanna share with you a few thoughts about how we are able, or maybe might wanna consider, reclaiming the notion of Sabbath for our own lives. Whether we are religious or spiritual or none, which seems to be the growing trend these days, whether we come from the Judaic or Christian or Muslim, from Eastern and other, what does it mean for us to reclaim the sense of Sabbath so that we can be better, so that we can do better, so we can disrupt and interrupt the systems that hold us back and that we can thrive, not just survive, as humans and as humanity. So I grew up in Israel in a religious home. My late father, a Holocaust survivor, made Israel his home, and my mother, still alive, born in Britain, joined him there. And we're gonna leave the complicated politics aside for a moment and just focus on the fact that in the household where I grew up, where my family of birth still maintains, Friday afternoon was magic hour and the most stressful time of the week. <laughs> Magic because in the traditional home where I grew up, Friday afternoon was getting ready for the Friday night feast. So there was a table with the best linen and flowers. That was my job, to go pick them. And there was silver and china, and there was always good food. We would dress in our, what I guess in this country we call Sunday, Sunday best was our Sabbath best. Always a white shirt, had to be ironed. And then because of the religious laws, there is no doing on the Sabbath. There's no creating. You're just being. So there's no electricity. You don't turn things on and off. There's no ripping of paper or even toilet paper. There's no work. You're just being. Which means everything has to be ready by sunset. And there's a lot of contraptions that make us get there. So on the one hand, what a beautiful time of preparation for Sabbath time. And on the other hand, major stress <laughs> to get there on time. In fact, my mother, who's from a German Jewish lineage, has taught us the word unique to German Jews, which is this combination of Germanic OCD and, you know, Jewish manic behavior. The word is hetz, H-E-T-Z. And hetz means hectic and it is reserved for the hour and a half before the Sabbath begins. <laughs> and then magic happens, because there's a siren and there's the moment of sunset and then stop. 
and my mother would go and change into a beautiful house dress, and she would light the Sabbath candles with a doily over her head and would become the Sabbath queen at that moment. And the energy changed, and the Sabbath started. No phones, no computer, no TV. You don't turn things on. You move into Sabbath time. Terrible for people who like to doodle and draw all the time, like me as a kid. Hard for smokers. Terribly hard today for, you know, digital addicts. And yet, what an invitation to move away from autopilot and to look each other in the eye. To devote time for whatever prayer means and singing around the table. To sit around the table, a beautiful table dressed beautifully. That was Sabbath. However, as I grew up, I decided not to be as halachically, as Jewish observant as I grew up. I came out as gay. Some of the Jewish laws seemed completely in contrast with the type of divinity I was embodying. Some of the rigid Jewish laws of becoming and being just were not who I am, so I ditched it. Found my own way of being in the world. But realized over the years that by throwing out the baby, I threw out not just the bathwater, but so much of my childhood and so much of what it means to be today, a father and a human being. So I began reclaiming the Sabbath and finding ways of recreating it, not by its strict sense of the law, but finding its essence and finding ways to recreate, literally, recreation in a new way. And so I wanna share one concept with you that I hope will be useful as you embrace your own notion of a Sabbath, maybe on a Saturday, and maybe on Sunday, heck, do it on a Tuesday. The notion of sabbatical, taking time out. Not because we want to, but because we have to. As a human right. So how do we make the Sabbath happen? The Bible gives us two instructions for how to Sabbath. That's where this begins. You may have heard of the Ten Commandments, a complicated set of top 10 tips for good life in need of some revision. In both versions of the Ten Commandments found in the book of Exodus and the book of Deuteronomy, not identical, mind you, those two versions, the Sabbath features prominent, smack in the middle. But in one of them, the language is remember the Sabbath, zachor, and in the other it's guard or keep the Sabbath, shamor. Those are not the same. There's things I need to remember, like, oh, I don't know, passwords. And there's things that I need to keep very much safely, like things you put in a safe. They're the same, but they're not the same. There's how I maintain and there's how I remember. Maybe mental and then maybe embodied. And if you look closely at that biblical text, you understand that the Sabbath actually has two distinct purposes. One for my own well-being and the other for the revolutionary radical love of the other. And they have to go hand in hand. So with your permission, I want to read out those very brief 
passages from the two sets of the Ten Commandments. Here's the first one from the book of Exodus. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you will labor and you will complete all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to God. On it you will not do any work. You, your son, your daughter, your servants, your cattle, nor the stranger, nor the immigrant within your gates. Because in six days God made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in it and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, God blessed the seventh, the seventh Sabbath day and made it holy. So the first one is about remember, and it's about Genesis. It's about creation. Why do we Sabbath? Because we are in the divine image. We are in the image of God, whoever she is. They are. This is. And therefore, if God rested on the seventh day, as we are told in Genesis, then we need to rest on the seventh day. We need to remember where we come from. We need to remember our divinity and not just work enslaved by demands. We need to take our divinity seriously and rest as God did in this mythic telling of our becoming. So we need to remember that and become like God's. That's one way of Sabbath, remember. But there's another way of the Sabbath, and that comes from the second version of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy. And here it says, Shamol, guard the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as God commanded you. Six days you will labor and complete all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath for God. On it you will not do any work. You, your son, your daughter, your servants, your ox and your donkey, any of your cattle, nor the stranger or the immigrant within your gates, so that your servants may rest as well as you. So that you will remember that you were once a servant in the land of Egypt, for you were once an immigrant. And God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, therefore you are commanded to keep the Sabbath day. So do you notice the different Message, the first one is all about we are like God, therefore rest. Yes, and everybody among you, notice the wife isn't mentioned. This is patriarchy, and it is assumed that she's part of the household. Leave that aside. But in the second one, it is implicit, explicit. It is right there, you and your entire household. Why? Not just because you are in divine image and it's good to rest, because if you don't rest, if you don't recharge, you cannot be out there, because you remember what it's like to be someone who is underpaid and overworked. You remember what it's like to be enslaved. You remember what it's like to be below minimum wage. You remember what it's like to be in the mercy of a boss who doesn't care about you, but only about the bottom line. Because we have that memory of Egypt, of us being slaves. Passover coming up in two weeks, along with Easter, along with Earth Day, a reminder of how we are together in this commitment for our well-being, for the world's well-being, by remembering where we come from and making sure that there's a day of rest for everybody. 24-7 is a blasphemy. It's anti-human. 24-7 is a corporate invention. 24-6 is a little better. 
24-5, getting there. But we don't even remember to claim this, to proclaim this, to reclaim this. It's 24-7. How many of us do or have worked in, your, in, in whatever jobs we do seven days a week? And that includes answering your emails. What would it be like if we all took this down, if we did not raise our hands? If we remembered to sabbaticalize in so many different ways. Lab Shul in my community, we have a law that we are 99% on no work emails on the Sabbath, no work emails from 9 p.m. till 8 a.m. during work days, work nights. And whoever breaks the law and sends an email out on a weeknight or during the Sabbath has to buy the whole staff a round of drinks. It's about 100 bucks. We've done well so far. It's just one way to think, how do we sabbaticalize? My kids love their screens. And on the Sabbath, they don't get to get them. Boy, do they not like that. But we're hoping that we are training them to not be addicted to the screens, to take a walk, to read a book, to doodle, to have a conversation. And it's hard. How many of us reach for our iPhones first thing in the morning before we meditate and say thank you? Try to bring the Sabbath to every day, but certainly once a week. So here's the thing. In Jewish terminology, there's this thing called Sabbath observing. You have to observe the Sabbath. It's called Shomer Shabbat, Shomer Shabbos. I think in the Big Lebowski, there's a little reference to it. It's been a while. And it's tricky because if you're going to live by the book and by the law, that means there's a lot you can't do on the Sabbath. You can't travel on the Sabbath. And if your loved one is in a hospital far away, there might be a dispensation, but, and you can turn on the lights. And there's things you can't do, like you can't carry. There's a lot of laws. And as somebody who tries to manage and juggle law and love, the legends and the myths and the how-tos, flexibility is called for. So in my job as a rabbi and chaplain, I find ways to teach people that reclaiming the Sabbath doesn't mean living by the strict law of the Sabbath. It means finding creative ways to make Sabbath your own. To not just be Shomer Shabbat, observe the Sabbath by the law, but also to be Zocher Shabbat, remember Sabbath. Find ways of making it your own. For both of the reasons, that the Bible, the Torah teach us for you and for the others to get us to change the paradigm of industrial enslavement into the paradigm shift of everybody deserves time off. And we got a role model for our own sake and for that of others. And in this corporate system, boy, is that necessary more than ever. I don't think our ancestors back in the day knew how addicted we would be to technology and how we need someone to tell us, turn it off. Why? Because God said so. <laughs> Which is probably not going to be what works for most of us. But because your heart says so. Because love says so. Because wisdom says so. Because the wise old Sabbath says so. If I don't stop, we don't stop. And if we don't stop, we can't be. And if we can't be, we cannot do. 
We're constantly catching our breath. So there's one more story that I want to share with you. How much time do I have? Great. Five minutes? Great. So toilet paper or wine? I have, one, I have time for one of those. Wine? All right, you're missing out on the toilet paper story. No, but the wine, I think, is more important for what we're talking about. I'm happy to talk about the toilet paper later. Um, here's a story about a way to accommodate the notion of the Sabbath. And not just the Sabbath, but to recreate religion, to reclaim the essence of religion so it speaks to our lives and nourishes us instead of you know, squelching us with thou must as so many of our religious traditions have done, which is why so many of us come here to sing and hear the preaching and find the spirit of love and not just the law of the land, or the, the, law, the law of the Lord. Here's an example. In the 1950s, in Egypt, in Cairo, there was a rabbi uh, who eventually would become a very prominent rabbi in Israel. His name was Rabbi Ovadia Yosef. Problematic politically, problematic religiously, I won't go there. At this moment in the 50s, he's a young rabbi, and he's dealing with a Jewish population in Cairo that is very assimilated. People are becoming increasingly secular. They're challenging the old religious ways of this is how we do Sabbath, this is how we do kosher. We're starting to marry people who are not Jewish. What we know in the modern age are the both gifts and challenges of global modernity. This rabbi gets a request, an a, a question from a congregant. And this is gonna be a little, might be triggering, so let's all breathe the spirit of love and learning from the past together. This gentleman writes the rabbi and says, Rabbi, every Friday night, as our family has done for generations, I have Friday night dinner with my brother, my family and my brother's family. We come together at my brother's house, we bless the wine, we break bread, we make the blessings, we eat our traditional food, but then my brother, who's no longer observant, goes to the movies. It's not how we do things on Shabbat. And sometimes on the Sabbath day, he and his kids go to a soccer game instead of going to the synagogue. Rabbi, I know that in our laws it is said that Jews are not supposed to drink wine that is served by a Gentile because it might be communion wine and therefore desecrates our Sabbath. There needs to be limits in our traditional ways between Jews and Gentiles. And so I'm wondering whether if my brother has already embraced the ways of the secular moderns and potentially the Gentiles, can I drink the wine that my brother is sanctifying at the Sabbath table, am I drinking potentially maybe the wine of a Gentile and desecrating the Sabbath by keeping the Sabbath? Do you get the complexity of the question? How we're coming from a paradigm of very strict binary of kosher and not kosher and Jewish and Gentile and this or that. Binary, where we come from. That type of religion, keep, observe, this, that. Rabbi. What should I do? Rabbi Yosef responds with a letter that will become slightly epic in some circles. He writes to him and he says, thank you for writing. I'm glad the Sabbath is important to you and I'm glad your family is important to you and the Jewish law is important to you in all these ways. 
you know, your brother might not be a Shomer Shabbat. He might not be observing the Sabbath according to the laws we have inherited exactly. Yes, smokes a cigarette, goes to the movies, he does things instead of just being. He's not a classically orthodox, religious, observant Jew. But do you not all gather around the table on Friday night to lift the glass of wine, to break the bread, to bless the Sabbath as a family together? Rabbi Yosef invents a category that had not been around till then. He says, there is the Sabbath observer, Shomer Shabbat. It's the classic ways we've done. We've kept the Sabbath. But there's also Zocher Shabbat, the one who remembers the Sabbath. And that's a little more fluid. That's a little more loose. Maybe he doesn't live by the law, but he celebrates the essence. And so my brother, do not think your brother is, God forbid, not one of us. Do not dare to think that he has went over to the other side. He is your brother and family comes first. Go to your brother's house, sit at his table, drink the wine with no concern, become a lover of humanity and the Sabbath and each other. That's what matters, revolutionary love. And so we don't know what happens, whether this guy took the rabbi's response or not. This is, this is correspondence. Right, back and forth in letters, and this question and answer is found in the thick anthology of the legal questions that Rabbi Yosef received throughout his lifetime. He passed away, I think, a decade ago. And in his later years, became way less tolerant. But he had that moment there, that sweet spot of responding to the fact that his flock was challenged with antiquity on modernity, with how we did things to how we want to do things. And he found a way to bring love into law, and make sure family sticks together. And I want to bring the story to you, whoever and wherever we are in this room and online, to find ways to not be threatened or regulated by, this is how things must be. My Sunday Sabbath, my Saturday Sabbath, what the church said or what the imam said, we are evolving. We are in a moment of creating all these fusions of our sacred paths, as me being here today and Reverend Jackie celebrating Seder with us in two weeks on Easter weekend, and us coming together in street corners and in protest for human rights, immigrant rights, against the bans and against the nonsense that take people not as people but as property. So there is a paradigm shift. And there are fusions where we take the old Ten Commandments and make them new, where we sanctify and reclaim old truths like Sabbath in ways that will replenish our souls. And so my invitation for us is to do that, to take the Sabbath seriously, to observe it, to remember it, to tweak it, to bring flowers on Friday, to meditate on Sunday, to turn the phones off as often as possible, but with some sense of regulation so that we can be there for each other face to face, not just screen to screen, so we can take care of those in our community who need time off and refuse 24-7 as a norm. Refuse. It has to do with where we invest our time and money and and portfolios, we've got to change that. 
Bring Sabbath back. And so I'll end with one short poem from a contemporary um, poet by the name of Marsha Falk, who writes about her Friday night and our Sabbath. Three generations back, my family had only to light a candle and the world parted. Today, Friday afternoon, I disconnect clocks and phones. When night fills my house with passages, I begin saving my life. May we save our lives together and the lives of all on this planet. Shabbat shalom. Sabbath peace. Beautiful, Dude, I'm sad of treat. I'm so I'm so indicted by you. <laughs> I'm so thank you, sweetie. I'm just so I know. Answer was like what? I'm so indicted by you. Can you sit up here with me? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. You guys, Amachai is my I don't know. I have like lots of rabbis, but I think you're one of my favorite ones. I, I can think of a whole bunch of people who'll be mad at me right now for that, but they'll understand. So, we could do Q&A, but I just want to have a little conversation. We don't have that much time. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, so, your talk, first of all, it totally indicts me because I am a workaholic. Hello, everybody. My name is Jackie Lewis, and I am a workaholic. Hi, Jackie. <laughs> and I, I think mm. some of that is because I feel like there's so much to fix. Yeah. Right? There's so much to fix. And, and when you said to me, Jackie, I'm going to come and talk about Sabbath and movement building, I was like, okay, because we need that. So talk to me, us, all the crazy ones out here, about why, what is that thing that makes us think, Amichai, that we need to do so much as opposed to also be? What, what is your, what's your understanding of that? There's two sides to this, as to everything. There is the why you get up in the morning, and so many of us get in the morning with a sense of what's broken in the world, and if I don't do it, if we don't do it, who's gonna do it? We gotta fix the world. And at this moment in history, at this moment in this country, there aren't enough hours in the day. But there is a, there's an arrogance to that. Because- He, he said that. I'm thinking that. There, there's an arrogance to that because if I don't take care of myself and take time out to just be, then I am going to burn out. And then what good am I going to be? And so, you know, I'm negotiating my sabbatical with my team so I can have a month off at some time to just breathe and try and write something instead of like catch up. Um, I'm not serving the divine, I'm not serving the planet, I'm not serving my heart and my family if I don't force myself to take time out. And the arrogance that if I don't answer that email at six in the morning and think that it's not gonna get done, you know what? It's gonna get done. Maybe not as great as I wanted to, but to train ourselves for phasing, for patience, for trusting each other, for taking time out. And, and I will say, 
I don't know all of us here, but if one doesn't live by the obedience, you must observe the law, which is how I grew up, which means you disconnect the phone on, from Friday afternoon till Saturday night, because as an Orthodox Jew, you gotta. Yeah. So we today live by I wanna, not I gotta. So how do we make obligation, obedience, a choice? Do it because I wanna gotta. Because I wanna gotta. Right? And that's hard. I was um, in a beautiful conversation yesterday with Ruby Sales, uh, who has a question. Do you have a question? We're going to give Ruby the mic. That's an and, honor. Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't have anything. So I was really waving at you. Oh, hi. <laughs> I love you. So, so Ruby and I were talking about uh, what she calls black folks' religion. And the really powerful story she was reminding me of, Amichai, is how like the folks who walked across the Pettus Memorial Bridge, or the kids who sat at the lunchroom counter, the people who withheld, withstood batons and hoses and dogs, not because they were positive that that thing they did that moment was gonna make a difference, but they knew that it was going to in the end time, in the long time, like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. And this is connecting to me right now in my own sense, like it's a little idolatrous, to think if I don't do it, it won't get done. But there's also something else, like putting your thought and Ruby's thought together is something like the eschatological or the between the now and not yetness that I'm going to protest today because I trust someday it's gonna matter. So I could Sabbath today because I could trust even that would matter. Does that, does that resonate? Yeah, yeah. Can you say something more about well, that? Well, I wanna say, and like, it, this is where flexibility must happen. So. You and I were in a, in a living room several months ago, a couple of weeks before the Women's March, this yeah. most last one. And forget the complicated politics of it. For some people in my community who are Orthodox Jews, the march was on a Saturday, on a Sabbath. And it meant traveling, and it meant desecrating the way we do Sabbath to be in the public square with both technology and transportation and all of that. It's, that's not how you meditate on a Sabbath. But we said, are you kidding? Of course we're gonna show up. You've gotta be flexible. There are causes larger than my Sabbath practice that are gonna enforce me to lean into what the world needs and find out how to still sabbaticalize in that context. And in fact, a bunch of us created this kind of interfaith prayer circle at Foley Square early, like you know, an hour before the, the, the rally began and so many joined us from all different faiths and backgrounds and colors and ages and just stood there and said like, oh, what a great way to begin a rally by just holding hands together in sacred space. So on the one hand, we don't have the liberty and the luxury of stopping right now. The world's on fire and we need to work. Yeah. And from all the generational wisdom we have, we got work to do right. and yet, how do we figure out the flexibility? That's where the old law is like, you have to keep the Sabbath this way. Religion has to be this way. And we're in this fluid place where we're saying, well, let's mix and match. Let's tweak. And to think about, uh, and to think about Sabbath, maybe you're saying this too, friend, that it's like breathing, right? We, we can't move if we don't breathe. And we, are we really gonna move if we don't take the breath between, if we don't take the pause between the breaths, something like that. Part yeah. of the rhythm yeah. of moving is to stop, yeah. to sabotage. That was the best. It's sabotage. Did somebody tweet that out? 
sabotage the so, wildness with ourselves. <laughs> let me let you have the no, last word. No, it's interesting because sabotage, I remember years ago I thought, oh my God, Sabbath is sabotage. There's got to be a link. Um, it's not. Oh. Etymologically, <laughs> it's not. I mean, as a poetic midrash, as an interpretation, sure. Sabotage has its weird uh, background in Italian union strikes and workers' rights and it has to do with shoes. It's like there's a whole story there. But to use sabotage, Sabbath as a corporate sabotage, as a, as a us saying to our employers and employees and coworkers and system that it is not a privilege to take time out, nine to five as a recommendation, weekends off for everybody, right? Uh, I would say, by the way, in Israel, this is a huge debate because according to Jewish laws, the, like the rabbinate and the government um, observes the Sabbath, but you know who works on the Sabbath in malls and gas stations? Immigrants, refugees, Gentiles. And, and people say, excuse me, have you not read the Torah? Have you not read what the Bible says? How are we not walking this talk? How are underpaid, overworked people in the gas stations, in the malls, when our laws clearly say, stop, close the damn gas station. There's a big debate in Israel right now about what is or isn't open on the Sabbath. And on the one hand, you want to give people the liberty and the freedom of life. On the other hand, can we walk the talk of corporate accountability yeah. to humanity? So I think we're in this moment of trying to figure out our own well-being as a people, way beyond religion. I, I, you being my rabbi makes me have a better well-being. So thank you, Amichai. Thank, thank you, you so Reverend. much. Thank, thank you for this time. Thank, thank you. you for being thank my you. inspiration. Thank you.